Amen. And amen. Yeah. 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 That's a good song, isn't it? Uh, uh, I'm glad you're here today, guys. Uh, we've been working through God is. Who God is for the last uh, seven, eight, nine weeks, I think. And we're going to get pretty close to the end. I just want to remind you what some of the topics and the attributes God has before we continue today. We have talked about that God is holy. We talked about that God is faithful and God is good. We've talked about he is all-powerful and he never changes. We talked about him all-knowing and that how he is sovereign and makes his own decisions. We've talked about God is love. And today we're going to talk about that he is always present. I, I hope this series has spoken to you as we get a, a, a better glimpse of who God Almighty is and, and what his role is and just how awesome he is and how unbelievable, marvelous that holy God is. And so thankful that he is God and we, we are not. So I hope you have enjoyed it and have learned some things during this series. And we will go today with God is always present. Before we begin, I would ask, uh, Tommy, would you please lead us in prayer, buddy? Amen. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, the, the, the central verses that we're going to look at today is Psalms 139. If you want to, we'll kind of turn there. We will get there here in just a minute. Um, well, I think one of the hardest attributes that uh, there is to understand, if you would, it is for me, that God is omnipresent, that God is always present, that God is here, He is there. He is everywhere, all at the same time. Can I try to explain that? I'm not really going to even try to today. Uh, it's just uh, something that's really mind-boggling to me. You see, God is not limited to time or space. He created both of those. You see, He is present at the farthest end of the galaxies out in the universe. He is present all the way out there. And he's present in the smallest molecule cell in your body. He is omnipresent. He is present in every event in history. He is present in every event right now. He is present in every event that will be in the future. He is present when you call upon his name. He is present in that operating room if you will. He is present in every church service. He's present in this church service today. He's been present in every church service we have here. He is present in the New Hope Baptist Church in Zimbabwe, the group that meets under a tree. He's present in that service. And he is present in every service around the world. He is omnipresent. He is here and he is there. He is everywhere all at the same time. He is present when we are tempted to sin. 
He is present during the very difficult times of our life. He is present when we have a task to do, a God assignment, if you would. He is present, and he gives us the strength and the ability to do what he's called us to do. There is no place that you cannot find God. He is omnipresent. Sometimes I think we feel his presence more than others, and he does that. Sometimes he reveals his presence more at certain times than at other times. And I hope, I hope in your life you have honestly felt the presence of God in your life. You know, I, I hope that you have come to these services over the years and you have left this building and said, man, I really felt the presence of God today. He revealed himself more to you today, that day than maybe some other days. God does that. Or maybe you have had a crisis in your life and you've had a difficulty in your life or you have received a phone call that you did not want to receive. And you look back during that period of time as, 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 as you went through this, this difficulties and you look back and you think, man, you know, I, something was different about that time. It was as if God's presence was with me. I could just feel his presence as I was, life was kind of crushing down on me. I could just feel his presence. You know, God does that. He reveals himself sometimes in situations more than in others. And I hope someday that you have the, you feel his holy presence as you bow to, bow the knee to him and you spend time in prayer and you spend time just telling him and pouring out your heart to him and telling him how you feel and telling him what you think and telling him what you like and what you don't like. And then you pause and you listen. The Bible says, be still for he is God. And I hope and pray sometimes that you can do that. And you get up off your knees and you go, man, I was just in the presence of the Lord. See, he was revealing his presence to you at certain points in your life. I hope you can get to that point in your life where you, where you bow the knee and pray. and say, Oh, I feel his presence. I can tell you there's no better feeling than that when you feel the presence of God working the same presence that is way millions of light years out there he reveals his presence to his children does he not he is omnipresent he is always present he is anywhere and he is everywhere and as I was thinking about that, thinking about, man, how, we, how, how are we going to explain all that? <laughs> how, how are we going to get something there? Um, Peggy, I have to remember, I have to, I have to tell you, it says, my little pea brain, and Peggy uses that phrase quite a bit. My little pea brain has a hard time wrapping around of that concept. That God's presence is way out there, but God's presence is also right here. And if you've been born again, we also have God's presence through his Holy Spirit, do we not? living inside of us. God is omnipresent. And see, King David had, a, had an issue with that. He struggled with that. King David uh, uh, finally figured out in his life that, that God was everywhere. He was always present. We know David struggled with a couple of things in his life. I mean, you know, the, the issue with Bathsheba, the issue with her husband that he, that he, that he dealt with. And we know that he ran from God for, for almost a year before he ever accepted it. And in, verse, in chapter 139, we're gonna, we see that just for a minute. 
about David as he finally figures out where's God? Where is God? In the first six verses, we understand David will write, you know, God, he knows when I get up and when I sit down. (laughs) Okay? He says, he knows when I come and when I go. God knows I thought before I ever thunk it. God knows every word I'm going to speak before I ever speak it. And he says, where can I go that you're not there, God? And we begin reading in verse 7 to chapter 139. And he says this, where can I go from your spirit? (laughs) Where can I go? (laughs) He says, uh, or where can I flee from your presence? So many times we want to run from God, and we'll get there in just a minute. But David was thinking the same thing. If Where can I go? When I don't want to deal with you, God, when I have sin in my life, where, where do I go that I get away from your spirit? Where can I run and hide, God, if you would? Because I know I've done messed up like he has. Where do I flee from your presence? In verse 8, he says, if I ascend to heaven, you are there. <laughs> he says, if I, go, if I descend, if I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. Sheol is, the, is another name for Hades. And Hades is the holding tank for every unbeliever that's ever died as they await their future in the, in the lake of fire in brimstone. And David says there, God's presence is even in Sheol. Wow. He says, if I take my wings of the dawn and I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea. If I, if I go fly as far away as I can go, you're still there. If I go to the deepest, deepest cavern in the, in the middle of the ocean, he said, God, you're still there. Where can I go to get away from you? In verse 10, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will be the night, even the dark, darkest, is not dark to you. David said, man, I would just, where do I go to get, get away from you, God? Your presence everywhere. Maybe if I hide in the dark. Maybe if I find a place that is so dark I can't see in front of my face. Maybe, God, you're not there. And David says, the dark is not even dark to you. The dark is light to you, God. I cannot flee from you. I cannot escape from you. I can never get away from your presence, David said. David probably was struggling with that, but probably it also tells us that it's really a good thing that we're never out of the presence of God. You know, I thought about Adam and Eve. You know, after they, after they sinned, what did they do? Genesis says they went and hid themselves in the garden. Now, that ain't very smart. Because who made the garden? Who made the trees? Who, who made the bushes? Who knew every blade of grass in that garden? God did. They thought they could hide from God. And they couldn't. Because he had created the garden. And he was in the garden. I thought about Jonah as Jonah was given a God assignment. And he said, nah, I ain't going there. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I want to go this way. I'm, going, I'm heading east. You want me to go west. I'm going to go this way. And he thought he could run from God. How'd that work out for him? 
Not very good. You see, God is everywhere. You can't run from God. And I got to thinking about that. How many times do we do that in our lives? How many times do we think that we can run from God? Or we can escape from God? Or God will not know what we have just done. Maybe we have sinned and I don't want to deal with that sin like just like David. And we try to ignore it in our lives and we try to push it away. We try to act like everything is hunky-dory. But in reality, we understand that we're running from God. And as we run from God, we can't run from God. You know, there's a phrase I use all the time, you can run, but you can't hide. I know where you're at. I have to tell Rhonda that all the time. I, I mean, you can, you can run and try to get away, but I know I'll hunt you down. You see, we can run, but we can't hide. Why is that? Because God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He is here. He is there. He is everywhere. Dietrich Reichel was a German writer in Germany in 1944. And he was a, a writer in, in, in Germany. And World War II was going on. And, and his town where he lived was being bombed daily and nightly. Thousands of people had lost their lives there in his little town. The buildings had been all blown away or mostly blown away. And one night after a, a major bombing in his little town, he found himself lying on the floor of the railroad station. And he, and he, and he looked up and he, and he saw this inscription on one of the uh, rafters there as he looked up through the ceiling into the starry sky. Because it had blown a hole in there. And he read this inscription and the inscription said, Beyond the stars must be a gracious God. Beyond the stars must be a gracious God. And he thought to himself, he said, I don't want a God like that. I don't want a God that is beyond the stars. He said, in my life, I want a God who is here I want a God who is present. I want a God who is available, who understands and who knows my situation. That's the kind of God I want, not someone way out there. And the truth of the matter is, we have that God, don't we? We have that God who is here who is present, who is available, who understands our every need, and who, who knows what's going on in our life. We have that kind of God. We are that close to God. You see, one, see years ago, about 2,000 years ago, John 1, 14 tells us this. And the Word, Jesus, became flesh. Matthew 1, says this. Behold, the virgin shall be of child and shall bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What an amazing, amazing thought. God with us. God left his home in glory and he came through his son Jesus Christ to dwell on this earth. Holy God came down from heaven. Perfection. 
And through his son became a man who walked on this earth, who got to deal with sadness. He got to deal with heartache. He got to deal with rejection and pain and being despised. He got to deal with all that kind of stuff. And he came for one reason, the Bible says. The Bible says in John three seventeen, he didn't come to judge the world. But the world through him might be saved. Might be saved. Last week we looked at what might be saved means. It means the opposite of perish. And to perish is the opposite of being saved. Okay? Perish means to be totally separated from holy God for an eternity in the lake of fire. That's what perish means. To be saved means you have eternity in heaven for eternity forever and forever and forever. Why did Jesus come? Not to judge the world, not to send anybody there, but the world through him might be saved. You see, he is very present in our lives. He is very present. What a great thing God did. And when Jesus died and when he was resurrected, and he lived on this earth another 40 days, and then he ascended into heaven, who did he leave us with? He left us with the Holy Spirit, did he not? The Holy Spirit that is in the life of every believer. The Holy Spirit's job is to teach us the truth of God's word. It is to lead us down the paths of righteousness so we live a righteous life. And it's all, his job also is to convict us when we fail him. Convict him when we sin. You see, is God present? He is present in every Born again believer. Because he's given us the Holy Spirit that says, yes, this is your seal. This is, this is proof, perfect, that you've been born again. You have the Holy Spirit in me. So see, that's how close God is for, for Christians. Yes, he is present here, but he's more present in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. What a, what a great thing. God is here. He is there. He is everywhere. And if he is here, if he's there and he's everywhere, it ought to be able to change, have a profound effect on the way we live. You see? I mean, we can grasp this concept if we can, but what do we do with that concept? How do we, how do we take that that God is present everywhere we go? He's present in our hearts. He is present all around us. How does that change the way you and I live? Because if it doesn't change us, what good is it? I believe it changes us in two areas. When we are tempted to sin, if we understand God's presence, if we understand that he is with us always, when we are tempted to sin. You know, there is no greater deterrent to sin in your life than understanding that God's presence is right here with you and that he has a promise for you. He is that close to us. Imagine, if you will, that you are thinking about, hmm, I think, you know, I think I want to just do this. I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. Looks good, feels good. I'm doing it. And when we make that decision to, to proceed on, and we turn around, all of a sudden, what would we do if Jesus was physically standing right there? Would we continue to pursue the, the sinful nature that, and the attitude that we had that we were going to perform? If we could see him physically there, would that stop us 
from sinning? I sure hope it would. And just because we can't see him physically, is he there beside us spiritually? Yes, and as we make those decisions, am I going to go in this direction? Am I going to, go to, am I going to sin? Am I going to do the wrong thing? You might not be able to see Christ right there, but he's right here. He is right here in your heart through the Holy Spirit. If that doesn't stop you from sinning, I'm not sure what would, knowing that his very presence is with us. Wouldn't it be interesting if Christians, if we would train ourselves to be able to meditate on the fact that God is present everywhere? Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that, wouldn't that change us if we could just get to that point that, that we just, you know, we think about and meditate? God's presence is right here. You know, when you, get, when you got ready to rip into somebody, a good one, you know, what they did to me. Yeah, I'm telling them people off. But then we stop and understand that God's presence is right here. Well, that shut our mouth. When, when we, when our, in our hearts and our minds, we said, you know, there is no way I'm forgiving that person. I am giving, I'm not giving that person any grace whatsoever. They do not deserve it. And we do that. But if we would meditate on his presence in our lives and understand he is here, he is everywhere, maybe that would change us. Maybe we're on our computers and we're getting ready to punch that button. And that button will lead us into a site that we should not be on. And we meditate on the, on the presence of God in our lives and we go, I can't do that. Because God is there. My Savior is there. He sees and He knows what I'm going to do. I'm debating about whether or not to cheat on my spouse. Sounds good, looks good. But when I meditate on God's presence in my life and what He's done for me, does that affect your decision? Does that affect the course of your life? I sure hope it does. Because, see, we have the Holy Spirit living within us, and God Almighty is around us wherever we go. He is so near to us. We might not be able to see Him physically, but we can sure feel Him spiritually. I hope it makes a difference because you see, God sees, God knows, and God is there. Whatever we say, whatever we think, wherever we go, and whatever we do, guess who's there? Almighty God. And if we could just ever get that into our minds to meditate on that fact, how much better would our Christian walk be? How much better would we, would we, would we be as we, we, got, we honored God with our lives? How much better would we be? I think it would eliminate a lot of sin in our lives, don't you? I really do. And it's just the fact we understand and think about it and meditate that God is present wherever we are at. I think the second thing when life is difficult, if we meditate on His presence, sure, sure would help. We all know life is difficult sometimes, don't we? And I don't have to give you an example. Every one of us in the room could probably give us 20 examples of how hard and how difficult life is. But when life gets hard and life gets difficult, as we begin to, to focus our minds and meditate on His presence in our lives, and when we believe and we stand on His promises, 
What will he give us? He will give us, the Bible says, strength and encouragement and comfort during those very difficult times. When we just think of his presence and stand on his promises. Isaiah 43, 2. I love this verse. I love this verse. 2 and 3. It says, when you pass through the waters, and I always like to put in parentheses right there, of life. Okay, I don't think God minds me doing that. Okay? When you pass through the waters of life, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not, rivers of life, they will not overflow you, they will not drown you. When you walk through the fire of life, you will not be scorched, and the flames will not burn you. See, when life tries to drown you with bad circumstances, God has a promise for us, does he not? He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to let life drown you. I'm not going to let the fires of life burn you and scorch you and get rid of you. Because I am your God. I am am the Holy One of Israel, it says. What a great promise. And he can do that because he is present in our lives, even during the difficult times. Psalm 46, 1 is another great, great verse. To claim when, when life seems to be melting down on you. It says, God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we do not fear, even though the earth changes. What a great verse to hang on to. When the earth changes, when circumstances in your life change, when your marriage changes, when your finances change, when your kids change, when things happen in your life that are not nice change, when you lose a spouse or you lose a kid, you lose a job or you struggle with whatever you're struggling with, when your earth changes, God's promises is what? He says, I am your refuge. I am your shelter. And every time I look at that verse, I'm reminded of 1978 when Rhonda and I lived in Piedmont. And we found ourselves on a Sunday night in a storm cellar because the storms were coming. And as a tornado came over our head, we could, we could hear the tornado. We could feel the pressure of the tornado. But because we were in this shelter, we were safe and sound. Nothing harmed us. And when we got out, everything is destroyed, but we don't have a scratch. And I think of that, and I think, what a beautiful picture of what God tells us, that he is our refuge. He is our strength. When life comes and the winds of of life are blowing over us, and, and we know it and we hear it and the pressure of life is there. And you can feel the pressure of those stresses. God says what? I'm your shelter. I'm your refuge. Come on in, get into my Frady Ho, if you would. And when you do, I will give you strength. I will give you what you need. When you have lost that spouse... And you don't know what direction to go and you just feel so weak and you don't want to do anything about life. He says, I'll give you strength to get you through what I got to get you through. 
You see, that's the presence of God. And then he says, I'll be a present help in trouble. He doesn't say, I'm a, I'm a far away present help in trouble. He said, I'm not beyond the stars kind of a guy that's going to help you. The Bible says he uses that word present. He is with you. God is with you. He is present in your life. He is omnipresent. And when life changes and the earth changes and whatever that happens to you, he says, I am very present in your trouble. I am very present wanting to help you in your trouble. And then the last part of that next verse, he gives us those promises and then he says what? Therefore, we will not fear. When life tries to collapse on top of you, do not fear because he said, I am your refuge. I am your strength. I am a present help in time of trouble. What a great promise. You know, that is for all of us as believers. Okay. You know, God's promises are just for the believers, not for the unbelievers. What a great promise that is. Psalm 121.1 says this. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where shall my help come. My help comes from the Lord. (laughs) And when we get too many years behind us, and we don't have a very many years left in front of us, he has a promise for us too. Did you know that? When life seems to be difficult and, and we're, we're moving past, we've got too many candles to fit on the cake. And you either take two or three cakes. He says this in Psalm 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. You see, when life becomes hard, life becomes a struggle. See, all we need to do is to meditate on God's promises that assures us that He is near and that He is present no matter what we are going through. Aren't you glad we have a very present help in times of trouble? How can we, how can we get to the point in our lives that we, we, we want to meditate on His presence? Or we want to think about his presence. I was reading a story about, about this gal that, that worked. And she wrote a book about his presence in her life. And I, and I think it all is, is good. And I'm, I'm offering this as suggestions to all of us. About how can we begin to meditate on his presence in his life. And I believe it all comes. It's all tied around, if you would, prayer. Prayer. She said, you know, when I go to bed at night. I thank God that I can rest in his loving arms that he's going to take care of me. She said, when I get up from bed the next morning, she said, I always pray that God will go before me and he'll stand beside me and he'll be behind me and he will lead and guide and direct me through the paths of righteousness. That he will guard my mouth and guard my thoughts and guard my actions before she ever got out of bed. She says, when I eat, I thank him for the food and I thank him for the nourishment and the energy that it provides so that I can live this Christian life. He said, when I go to work, I pray that thou will lead me down the paths of righteousness, that I will be the same person at work than I am on Sunday morning. When I pass by a church, I always pray for that pastor 
I not even know him, but I always pray for that pastor. She said, when I shower, I ask God to cleanse me from every hidden fault that I might have done this day. And then she says, when I deal with difficult people, I ask him to kindle within me a heart of love and a heart of grace. You see, to meditate on his presence, all you're doing is saying little prayers back to him, are you not? You don't have to pray five and ten minutes. It's just situations come into your life and you acknowledge his presence in your life. And you voice a small prayer and then you move on and let him deal with it. That's how you meditate on his presence. Not big. You ought to try it sometime. I mean, just anything that you're doing. You're at work or someplace. God, thank you for what you're going to do today. That's enough. Father, help me to to say the right word, God. Thank you. Father, I need your wisdom today, God. Be with me today, God. God, help me to live the Christian life, God. And see, when you begin developing that in your mind and in your heart, then then you're able to now understand the presence of God in your life. God is omnipresent in the universe. He lives within our heart, does he not? Through the Holy Spirit. James 4a says, draw near to God. Draw near to God. Don't run from God like, like those guys we talked about. Draw near to God. How do we draw near to God? We meditate on his presence. We say little prayers during the day. We acknowledge his presence in our lives. And as we do and we begin to cultivate that, we understand what his presence means. Do we allow God's presence in our lives to change the way we live? When we are tempted, do we allow his presence to stop us, if you would, from doing that? Do we allow his presence in our lives when life is difficult and upside down and sideways and going, going all different kind of directions? Do we understand his presence is there and he's got many promises there and he reassures us that he is there, his presence is there and that I will do what I said I will do. Matthew twenty eight twenty says this, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. What a great promise that is. No matter where we're at, Good times or bad times, difficult times, temptations. If we're at work, at play, at vacation, goofing off. Do we truly believe God's presence is with us? I hope that we do. I hope we meditate on his presence, if you will. As we begin the invitation time, I hope you've gotten a picture that holy God is present no matter where you're at. Holy God knows exactly what you're thinking and what you're saying and where you're going. That needs to be a good thing for a Christian because we can praise him because he's going to bless us. We can praise him because his words are true. We praise him because he will never forsake us. There's no better place in this life than to draw nearer to holy God in your life. No place is better than in the very presence of God. I hope you experience that kind of presence in your life. As we bow our heads and close our eyes. And the invitation times will begin. I just, I just want to tell you this. That God loves you so much. That he gave his only begotten son just for you. 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory. And the wages of that sin is death, physical death and spiritual death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, would you come do that today? As the piano plays, come do business with Holy God.